Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, everybody. We're back. Day after show. Saturday afternoon. Uh, we are two of three nights in to the rhyme and run. How are you guys doing? Neil and D. Hanging in there. Hanging in there, folks. Just got back from uh yep, being down in the Nashville six fifteen flight, but we made it. So we're running on fumes, but we're here for the people. Love it. Yep. And uh well rested. Uh, good night on couch tour. And uh not feeling nearly as tired as Daniel. Didn't wake up a champion right. though today. No, that that was the other night. Uh, did, did you talk about it on the pod yesterday that, that you won Fantasy Goose? Did that get mentioned? Uh, no, we didn't talk about it at all, man. I'm, you, you, know, you didn't I'm have any of winner. us to, you know, like lord it over. So what was the point? Even? <laughs> he didn't have anybody to brag to. But we'll, really? we'll get to well, our... I mean... Well, I think we'll get to the fantasy talk towards the end of the episode as we usually do. But you know, wanted yeah. to throw I that out there. The game. Wait, wait, I just want to say, I only okay. play the game to beat you guys. Yeah. So if you're not there to beat, it just doesn't really have the same, you know, doesn't have the same grip. But that's fair. Yeah. I feel like the most satisfying one to beat is Brian, anyway. Um, yes, that's absolutely but, true. But so we, we've got a couple of uh, special guests who are backstage right now. Um, they they were at the show last night as well. They're ready to talk about it as were you, D. But before we get started, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Always Almost There is sponsored by Beekeepers Naturals. Powered by nature and obsessively tested, Beekeepers uses potent ingredients like propolis, pollen, and royal jelly and steers clear of added chemicals. In a day and age where we want to boost our immune system as much as possible, Beekeepers Naturals has many products from lozenges to gut health supplements to support us and tap into the magic of nature. Personally, I don't leave home without one of their propolis throat sprays. Got it right here. Especially supportive when singing my heart out at a show. (laughs) Yeah, use code STORMSOUND at checkout for 20% off your order at beekeepersnaturals.com. 
I need some beekeepers. I need some propolis throat I, spray. You can hear that. <laughs> Get it at your local yeah, Whole same. Foods. Yelling <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Uh, well, uh, without further ado, let's dive into the show. Let's bring on our guests. We've got Anish and we've got Chase. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys? What's going on, guys? Hello. Living the dream. Love it. Hey, gents, Love good it. to have you Come, here. Coming live from Nashville. Thanks for being on today. Uh, oh, yeah. We're very excited to chat about this show. So we'll start with you guys, and we'll hear from D as well. But talk about last night, uh, getting into the venue. Uh, you know where you guys were situated. Whether you were worried about the in, in, uh, the inclement weather or not, take us through it. Okay. Yeah. No. Last night was um, definitely interesting. The line around the auditorium was a lot shorter before the show in comparison to the Thursday night show. Just given you know, the weather outside. And there were some Facebook posts that were going around from like venues within like a 10 mile radius saying like, we're going to close our doors tonight just due to the weather. And so people were getting a little worried about the um, already like the thunderstorm warning that was already issued and then other venues closing down nearby for the night. And so definitely a little nervous, but once we got inside, I think everybody's like, all right, this, you know, this show is going to take off and we're here and band's gonna go on so but yeah no it's definitely a fun time i was down right below the left speaker stack last last night right before the canopy started so definitely a good spot over by trevor so awesome. yeah wind was wind was definitely whipping when we were coming in but they uh they had the heat blasting inside the ryman so uh yeah we were section one so pretty much like all the way to pete's side um down on the bottom and, and pretty close to the back so truly like pretty underneath the overhang um so we kind of got like you could see like just above the top of their heads um right. but uh that's a that's a place that sound wise you just can't be in a bad spot so there was no disappointment as far as the sound went love it d what about you last night where were you at um i hung out at i had a seat in uh section 14 which is the balcony i was in the balcony both of the nights um kind of ended up all the way over on trevor's side get a little pinched um sight line wise um as our good friends becca and brendan shared their experience like or as neil said like fenway um you know being out in the grandstand and uh, just obstructed views but I ended up, my favorite spot both nights was above sort of just um, section 14, top of the stairs, um, just right beside the soundboard, which was all the way up in the balcony as well. And just good, 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 uh, good group of people, good crew, some Louisville people, some, some friends from Twitter, some, you know, we, uh, it was, it was a nice little vibes session. Love it. Yeah, I saw yeah. that uh, the front of house, the, the lighting and sound was up in the balcony, uh, which is yep. interesting. I feel like that it's very, a very unique occurrence uh, to have it. It up was. There. That's cool. There's just no space. Right. And then also, I mean, for, uh, yeah, anyone who obviously didn't hear, but get out of the pews is the way to go. <laughs> uh, you need to, yeah, so that, that part of dancing at the top of the balcony is, you know, that's the only place you can, like, move and actually get some dancing. Um Tough venue for this band, but I had blast. Nice, Neil. How was your couch tour set up last night? <laughs> I don't know. I did. You know, I switched off. I was like laid down for a bit, sat up for a bit. I, think I made a snack yeah. at one point. I, you gotta, you, know, you gotta stay spry, and you stayed up yeah. for the whole show. I'm very proud of you. 
well, I had no choice, but yes, I did stay up for the whole show. It was the weekend. Well, no, you know? I offered to take over setless thread for the second set. Yeah. Well, true. No. You persevered. Ah ha ha. But yeah, no, it, it was good. I would have stayed up on Thursday night, but it was just you know I had work in the morning. Yeah. No. Do? Excuses. Well, yeah. Uh, let, let's dive into the show. They they were pretty punctual last night. Um, yeah. When I saw, you know, I I was at um, I was at a show in Buffalo last night. I saw Melt and Pigeons, which was fun. Oh, nice. um, but they they went on early, like pretty close to ticket time. Were were people surprised? Was the venue full at that point? Or I thought it was pretty full. Like I feel, I feel people were mostly in. Um, and it's what I think it was at eight thirty start time. They were out by like eight forty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was quick one. And uh, yeah, I noticed too. They were just they were hot out the gate with kind of short sweet song after short sweet song just nailing them out not taking anything for too long of a walk at first but um yeah I, I feel like the crowd was kind of surprised at first when the lights went down not everybody was quite ready for it but they were yeah they were on time i literally yeah. just made it down to my seat from saying hi to some friends when the lights went down and i was like oh damn yeah <laughs> we're yeah. here already yeah turbulence <laughs> is in turbulence is an amazing opener um, yeah, and I, I love this song, and it, it really can start a show off uh, on the right foot. You know, big, big peak, great song. That song touch. was born to bat lead off. That was yeah. that's that's a show opener if I've ever heard one. It's my favorite spot to hear it. It's one of those two have songs. You know, you have the beginning of the song where like you kind of have the entire singing part where they go through the entire dramatic melodies that are part of the song, and then you have that second part which gets like the energy going. And you could tell people were ready to dance last night. And mm -hmm. it became really steamy very quickly going into that first um, jam because it was almost a 10-minute like peak going into that first jam. So definitely a lot of energy coming out of that first turbulence. Love it. D, how do you feel about the opener? Solid. Good opener. Sounded good. Yeah, a little more punctual. I had heard that they were going to go on a little earlier, and obviously we had seen some of the stuff regarding how they ended the night before. So, yeah, good opener. I uh, first set. It was it was what it was for me till the end. But yeah. yeah, we've come a long way with the turbulence opener, right? Like I feel like on the day after show, not too long ago, we were talking about it after the cross insurance in Portland, Maine. That wasn't any of us. Saying, who that some, folks, some saying, folks you mean some folks from a different podcast who weren't yeah well okay so it's a different opener. podcast but it was saying yeah <laughs> turbulence opener not a good idea i disagree still disagree or disagreed then i still disagree now mm -hmm. turbulence opener killer yeah it's, the, it's killer. the spot for it for sure. amazing yeah. absolutely and then the other thing um, of note in this time is this is that they actually came on about 10 minutes after ticker time which we already talked about but I was doing the set list thread and I couldn't believe it was happening. I felt like I tuned in early and it was like 30 <laughs> seconds after I like clicked on the play on the nugs you know, yeah. thing. Yeah. Did and I click on the sudden, wrong like, night? Like <laughs> I thought I clicked on the wrong night. I was like, this can't be, this isn't true. This isn't true at all. Yeah. It's I thought it was going to be like at least another 20 minutes, but sure enough, there you go. I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. First set. Then we get Dr. Darkness, very short gap on the whales and the first ate up all the cake. Since last June, uh, 67 shows. I didn't realize uh, I saw the last one uh, at Art Park last year. Um, great tune. Uh, but, you know, this is this is one of the most first seti first sets I think we've yeah. ever yeah. seen Goose play. 
um, just very songy, not a ton of jams uh, until the end. But what what was the vibe like through Darkness Wales and ate up all the cake? I think the thing about Darkness I've been really liking lately is like he's been doing like a pattern scratch right before you go on, and he's being like you can kind of tell like he's setting the mood right before mm-hmm. they go into that opening like chord, you know. And so it kind of gets you excited. You kind of feel the goosebumps coming forward. <laughs> When it's the first shit, when it's the first set and shit starts to get weird and atonal, you know it's gonna be Doctor Darkness, right? Um, yeah, but it's cool. I feel Fair like assumption. you forget that how fresh these songs are. With have been playing that for a little over a year now, um, yeah, and yeah, Rick just has a little more swagger every time he goes through that. So I like kind of he, he's he's getting more comfortable with the cadence of the song. Um, I thought that was a strong one, and I I thought Wales packed a punch more mm-hmm. than it normally did. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then Ate Up All The Cake, yeah. just like a pure bliss Bon Iver cover that, you know, you can't really leave without feeling good about yourself and everybody around you. What's <laughs> so. interesting, uh, looking at the Wales uh, show gaps, too, is last year we had a couple of gaps. Like, we had two 15 show gaps and then a 21 show gap from October to the cap. And then now it's already been played twice uh, in a span of a week. Um, so, and, and, you know, interesting to see how, again... We talk about this all the time, but how they're playing with song rotations um, yeah. and, you know, what songs are getting played when. Well, I think in 2023, man, like they're playing the whole catalog. Yeah. So songs like White Lights last year had huge gaps. I don't have the data in front of me, but there is probably 10, 15 show gaps of White Lights, probably pretty common eight show gap. The yeah. whale saw those big gaps. Elizabeth even saw big gaps last year. And now we've seen each of those like, you know, two or three times. Right. Yeah. So it's I, I think this is like a philosophy. In the past, they've been just playing the hits. You know, Peter has said that himself, where like there was just like a small section of songs that they were playing. And now it's just like we're gonna play all our stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's the the vibe that I'm getting. And they're just gonna just keep working it. Although not that much this old to you, but we'll see. <laughs> all right yep. and then I, oh yeah d no i mean i think i was i would speak in terms of for a lot of the people i spoke to that's i, th- I felt the the problem with last night's first set especially great songs good good performance of said songs but just the once you know coming off of turbulence you kind of expect um I guess it just expected a little bit more energy. I felt sort of the the mood in the room to go from uh, darkness to the whales to ate up all the cake and ate up all the cake. It literally was like kind of space died, um, which was a bummer. Um, so I just, that was sort of my critique, obviously. It was, you know, the good songs, just poor positioning and set placement for me and, and just putting them all together in sort of the mm. same, yeah. It's, it's interesting to me seeing that this was exactly how the set was written out uh, ahead of time. You know, usually when we see a set that kind of doesn't flow as well, um, it's usually because they pulled a couple of audibles or they were feeling something different, uh, what have you. But interesting to see them structure it like this. Now, I, I think it could it could be worse, honestly. Um, and, you know, the, you're going to laugh. Um, but... There was a bit of jamming in the set and, you know, as people that are, you know, we, we obviously, we chase the jams. That's like what, what we're, what we're looking for on a nightly basis. Um, and they're going to play a song he set every once in a while. Um, so 
that, that, that's my take on it. Um, but from there, we get our first jamming uh, of the night. We get Elizabeth, nice little chugle. Um, you know, they, they keep, they've, they've been playing these very concise, uh, you know, 12 to 14 minute versions of uh, Elizabeth recently that have been quite good. Um, but what do you guys think of this? I was a big fan of the Elizabeth Jam. Um, I thought it was patient out the gate. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was during Elizabeth. Peter was doing something that really reminded me of the um, Electric Avenue opener from the cap. That jam they came out with night one, and he flipped on some loop, and we were all like, what the hell is this? Um, so I feel like he was doing something similar during Elizabeth. But uh, that's a song that grew on me pretty quick. And this year, I felt it's been a strong year for it. So um, I think... Arrow was obviously the big jam of the first set, but mm-hmm. I got to pick my favorite. I really enjoyed Elizabeth. Yeah, no, I thought, you know, I think Peter Peter had some really just grimy, really funky keys during the Elizabeth jam. And I was like, that's, I kind of live for that because that's what I really enjoy dancing to. And so, you know, whenever you hear him hit the clav and start getting even like have the wah pedal on, on top of everything in the layers, it gets really fun. And that was a really good Elizabeth highlight for me so yeah, love it it was good good to get a little jam trevor a lot of trevor as well mm-hmm. um i thought he had some good moments as well in the arrow but uh yeah it was nice it was good it felt i think the one thing that the the set sort of had i i thought was a very heavy blues theme like the whales yeah. can be as a very blues um heavy tune and elizabeth Please, obviously yeah. and yeah and um even Dr. Darkness just sort of lyrically and sort of a darker blue space. So, yeah, I think it, it, it kept the tone going. Um, yeah, it was nice. Great. And then we get the not and alone that Neil has been after uh, for a whole bunch of shows here. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. The, Mr. Mr. Eight Point Not Alone over here. Mm. I was sure uh, they were going to play. I mean, you know, well, I mean, let's, let's dig into that a little bit, right? So yeah. when Goose introduces a song, right? They absolutely just wear it out. <laughs> and they did not do that with Not Alone. And it's a really, really good song. It's the slowest of the new songs. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad song. I think, I wonder if when they played it, like folks were just kind of standing there like, what is this? And they thought like it just didn't hit well. That's what I was beginning to think is this is what, Nine Show Gap? Um, from when they played it at the Cap? Night oh, two? yeah. So that was only the second uh, okay. we played, right? Yes, correct. It's only the second time played and like a huge gap in between. So like I was saying, you would think that they would just absolutely wear this out. Like, you know, we got feel it now was like third time played last night already. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was a whole like playing that didn't happen. So I wonder what happened there. But yeah, I was I was really confident, you know, two, three shows ago that this was going to be played no matter what. But it just didn't happen. But it hit last night. I, I mean, placement wise, tough is it's a really slow song where folks were like, all right, we finally got going again with this Elizabeth jam. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're like ready s- to go. Like, yeah, bring on not the Not a good bomb, spot for right? it. Yeah. Not, not a good yeah, spot for it. That's it not was, what happened. Alas, Madavon Madavon has been shelved, apparently. Um, and then they closed the set with an arrow. Um, this was a, a great arrow, I thought. Mm-hmm. Best arrow in a long, long time, uh, I think. You know, they've been, they've been playing a lot of 20-plus minute arrows that haven't done a ton. This one was great. Uh, a little bit of grime in there. Um, yeah, man, I, I I quite enjoyed this jam. Uh, what, what was this like in the room? You know, first first big jam of the night. Yeah, tons, was, of pe- 
tons of Peter, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. On this one, his like his uh, sparkling layers. I felt like there was a lot of like twinkly. He had the. It was very synth heavy to start as well. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of. Uh, I mean, you obviously know that tone. His sort of, was phenomenal. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of organ of happening uh, as well uh, in this jam, so yeah. it was great. It was great. Yeah, what about you, Anish and Chase? What did you guys think of the arrow? The person standing next to me apparently had been chasing arrow for a very long time, and they were really fine throughout the entire <laughs> jam, and I was so happy for them. And so I loved it because the Peter's RV usage that he was um, has on the far side of his key, um, keyboard rig. Um, that was great. Like, yeah, I think he and him and Rick were just feeding off of each other and you could feel it. And so definitely a lot of high energy going into um, set break. Sure. Yeah. I'm curious what your guys' perspective was. Cause like from the stream or from being there both nights, cause from streaming night one and then being there night two watching the stream, like night one, the crowd didn't really seem to be boogieing too much. Like it kind of seemed a little low energy, uh, but being there last night, I thought it was a party, especially during arrow. Um, seemed like the crowd was really alive. So I don't know if it was just the contrast of the stream versus being there, um, but I thought the crowd was boogieing during Arrow. Um, I thought that was a good time. Heavy we dance did vibes. talk about we did talk about this on the podcast yesterday uh, a bit, and from home, I think it's because of the spacing of the pews and everything. Oh, yeah, it's pretty Generally, small. when you see yeah. goose in, in a space that looks like that it the everybody's like packed in so it looks like you know everybody's all packed in like sardines so it like looks like people are partying but at the ryman there are just very clean rows of people with like a good you know 18 inches 24 inches in between them so it almost looks like a sparse crowd that's just standing there because they can't move right because the yeah the pews really don't have enough room for your knees um so from home that is what it looks like it looks right. like just rows of people kind of standing there staring at the stage yeah mm -hmm. It was grooving. It was grooving, though. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, I agree. Um, era was when kind of the, the tone of the night changed. Yeah. And I'll then, be listening a lot from Arrow on. Yes. And then, <laughs> then they come out for the second set. And this second set was just like fire, just nonstop fire throughout. Um, starting with this hunger site, which was just, to me, just like a, just like an inferno. Um, yeah. you know, just Rick absolutely destroying everything in his path. Like, you know, rhythm section again, like spuds, um, pushing the jam and the tempo and like, just this, this was a fantastic Congress. I did it get super exploratory. No. Does that matter? No. I think it was good. And I think one thing to note too, is that the set break was also really short last night. Yeah, it was right around 30 minutes. I know they've definitely taken some 40, 45 minutes set break. So it was a quick one as well. They were they were out there to play last night. Mm -hmm. um, I think kind of what you said, Danny, too. Arrow changed the tone of the whole night, and it was a party from there on. So, like, Hunger Sight picked right up where Arrow left off, and it was – Set a good tone, for yeah. sure. So. Yeah, I thought it was a Hunger Sight or Born type night, but or one of the two were going to come. But it was a perfect uh, – good, good, good spot for it. I like how it opening up a second set, sort of a slower build, kind of kept the blues going. But yeah, good jam. Uh, like you said, Ryan, straightforward. Uh, Rick just big swinging, swinging his stick around. Swinging his guitar uh, around. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Although big yeah, difference between the, the arrow to, to this, right? I feel like 
in the arrow, Rick almost took a backseat to, to Peter, yeah. mm -hmm. really kind of driving the improv. And then this hunger site, obviously, because it has to be, is, is all right. And it was amazing. Um, yeah. And then yep. they, they got into like this really cool, like stop start yeah, uh, kind of jam towards the yeah. end. It felt like a bit of an abrupt ending, um, but I, I really enjoyed what they were doing there. Uh, you know, Trevor again coming in with some amazing, amazing fills. Um, man, tour of the rhythm section so far. Um, yeah, Trevor all, all of them, so good. All of them are crushing it. Um, and then you're a big T. You're a big T, baby. Then we get it's Feel It Now. Um, definitely feeling it. Love this song. Love this placement. Uh, it's kind of a mid-second set. Dancer, uh, you know, it's like what, 10 to 12 minutes or so. Um, and yeah, great song. One of, one of my favorite uh, Peter songs now has become very, very quickly uh, up that list. But what, took, what was, uh, were you I guys feeling it? During Feel It Now to just kind of get out and explore and, and walk through the crowd and made my way on the bottom floor pretty much all the way to the opposite corner like Trevor's side and there was just a pocket of a dance party nice everyone up out of their seats a whole little crowd 10 15 people just boogieing so i uh i definitely worked up a sweat during feel it now um, the intro to that song is just like an engine chugging like you it mm -hmm. was like you know just jeff a little he's yeah. 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 yeah yeah a little jebri action yeah a little jebri yeah, I I think agreed. One of my my easily my favorite new song. It was the one song uh, I wanted to hear of the batch, the new yes. batch. Um, you were very excited in the group chat. Uh, when very excited. <laughs> yeah, I called it like I was standing. I mean, right by like Sam Ray, a couple people, and like Peter just started that patch, and I like you know yelled it out, sort of just <laughs> in excitement, and everyone was like, Sam's like, she's like, wait, how did you hear that so quickly? And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean. So that's what I'm I was on a podcast about this. It was what I was wanting <laughs> to hear, but but yeah, I agree. I think it's 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 a song that um, after hearing it live and seeing it live now, it's just got like sort of a built-in jam in it. I think obviously we'll hopefully see a little bit more exploring inside of it. Um, we'll see what it can offer, but uh, yeah, I think placement-wise as well, kind of second or third slot in the second set is perfect for it. Just keep the energy and momentum going. Um, love P Peter's lyrics. I've been saying it sort of feels almost like a page song, like a Vita Blue song, actually. Um, mm. I think kind of the, the, uh, the um, and Brendan um, said that I sort of heard page, but he made the great point that it's like, it's more that Vita, Vita Blue, Blue sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so I love it. I think it's going to be great. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, opens up a little bit more set the kept the tone going might be, though. might be dangerous to say that on this podcast but i think it's my favorite peter song mm. and I, I know what that yeah, means Ooh. i know what that means yeah right let's see slow burn on that right um yeah let, let that marinate <laughs> yeah it doesn't maybe go to the improv spaces that redbird did right away but this song is awesome and has so, so much good. room to do different things in a set I mean, they can just drop it and not even do a 10 minute version of it. They could shorten mm -hmm. that right up then have that just be like a little bit of pep in a, like a set. Yeah. Or they can stretch this out and like, you know, really see what it can do. And I, I think it can do pretty awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of adjacent to that style jamming, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, set then moves on to Bob Don. This, this felt like 
the guitar solo was longer than normal. Just Rick, again, just stepping up and just, you know, torching the building. Um, wondering if there, there are singe marks uh, on the inside of the Ryman after this Bob Don guitar solo. Unfortunately, without. Um, but, man, this was great. I, I'm, I'm loving the second set placements of Bob Don lately. I think this song really, really works well uh, in set two. But what, what was Bob Don like for you guys? You know, it was interesting because I was, uh, I told you I went over to Boogie during Feel It Now. And uh-huh. then when they laid that to rest and Bob Don came back, like that one's slow out the gates, right? It's kind of mellow to start yeah. with. So it was kind of funny to watch the crowd like settle down. And then like by the time I'm way, by way back to my seat, like that's one that just kind of bubbles up from the beginning and then just finishes on this massive peak. So yeah, Rick just went scorched on the back. End. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Some rowdy people around. And I definitely <laughs> agree with the placement note because it, coming off the high energy from Hunger site and feel it now, you know, you need to have a song that can take people back down to the valley, let them rest really quickly before reminding them what it's all about with all the energy again. So definitely, I think, solid placement in the second set for sure. Ditto. Good landing pad. I kept saying it felt perfect mm-hmm. for, um, yeah, just the energy and it was uh that sort of beat dubby bass to start was very you know kind of laid it back a little heavier and then uh rick showed off a little bit <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you think neil yep not much uh not much more yeah. that can be said about bob don than it's already been said you know ryan said no with we'd always want a with with the bob don although i think a with wouldn't have been appropriate here so i think they yeah, did the no. right thing agreed, agreed. Uh, there, there, but there yeah are this times one always win. hits there's times when you don't and this is it right but this hit really hard in Boston. I was at that show and I was there with my wife and she was like, that song's really good. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, it, it is. is. And it's killer in that spot. <laughs> um, and yeah, so awesome. Once again, always love Bob Don. And lately, I don't know, it just feels like the solo has like a little more bite. And I guess that is Rick's new tone. All about that new tone. Hell yeah. Yep. And then speaking of, rick's new tone and shredding uh then we get drive um which also has gotten you know kind of come to new heights lately in terms of energy and guitar uh presence so we really really got at this one uh here you know kind of a kind of a shorter version um but mm-hmm. they they took that that you know middle solo and just to the stratosphere like a double time you know crushing groove um man it, it was great this was great I think it carried over some of the energy from the Bob Don solo too. And he just kind of, and the hunger site, Rick was feeling it obviously in the second set. So, and then the Rosewood too, he, uh, he, he was there. That was, yeah, it was a very well played set from him. I agree. Um, big energy. Yeah. Kind of almost had like a little sort of uh, like metal space. There was, yeah, there was a unique little moment um, in that drive once they left the composed part and uh, yeah. It was. It's cool to see them doing different stuff with it as well. I think first jam, we've seen it get you know very patient and psychedelic, um, or get taken out a little faster. Some of the different versions lately at Goosemas and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, here for it. Here for driving a different spot late in the second set felt weird yeah. too. That was definitely, little, yeah, yeah it, were, it definitely has been coming uh, earlier in sets. Neil, what did you think of the drive? You know, I, I like the, I, I don't want to call it the new drive, but it does feel like drive is very different this year. Mm-hmm. And 
you don't know what you're going to get in the drive, right? This is the second very short drive we've gotten in a row. Um, you don't know when it's going to come. This one is on how many days rest? Two? Two show rest? Three. Three. Uh, so that's surprising because I think it last year yeah, averaged about like five, six shows in between versions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but there was a little extra Rick in this one, just like there was a little extra Rick in the much longer version that started off the cap run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's more than just Rick's new tone and approach. I, I think they're thinking about the song differently as a band. That's the vibe that I'm getting. It's not just like Rick, you know, hitting an extra pedal or, you know, tweaking yeah. a knob on the box. Of awesome. Or whatever. It's, it's more than that. And it's definitely yeah, man, I'm here for it. Yeah. yeah. Anish and Chase, what, yeah. What did you guys think of the drive? It was it was killer. I'm I'm partial to. I was hoping there was going to be that second jam on the back end. They would have really stretched it out, but honestly, they they packed a punch in those ten minutes. So they mm-hmm. they really went into it. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, that's definitely a favorite of mine. And they they went pretty hard for the for that first half of that song. But what about you? Yeah, I can't um, really add much more. I do agree that you know this year has definitely been a new year. I was really excited when we got that bliss drive at the beginning of the cap run. Oh. You can tell the riff the moment they start playing those opening notes, you know, it's going to be drive. And you're just like, all right, is this going to be one of those ones where they just take it for a ride, you know? So, but definitely a lot of energy. Love the placement again towards the end of the second set. So, yeah, it was great. And then we get probably my uh, improvisational highlight of the night uh, to close yeah. the second set. This Rosewood. Um, Brian Brinkman, uh, who was on the pod yesterday, he, he said in the middle of it, uh, it's like they're playing Rosewood in June of 1994. Uh, and if, you know, if you're a fish fan, you understand what that means. Um, but th- this was, this was quite, quite the jam. Uh, there was a, there was a lot going on. Very improvisational. I want to know what this was like in the room. Uh, Nisha and Chase, take me through this kind of the progression of this Rosewood jam and what, what this, what this space felt like. Yeah, no, it was definitely very very interesting for sure you know i think this i don't think people realize that and i don't don't think you can see it on the stream but peter's like rig cuts out yeah like through the jam Mm -hmm. and he's like has to go around and start messing with his equipment and that's where trevor starts taking over Mm -hmm. and um when he comes back he you can tell that he gets the the Nord back up and he has the grand piano going and he starts doing the off tune chops with Rick. And I'm just standing there with my hands on my face. I'm like, wow, this is just <laughs> brilliance right here. You know, it's yeah. like, this is peak of like musicianship. So, yeah, it was cool to see like, cause that's another one that kind of has its own peaks and valleys. It's not just a shred fest the whole time. Like there's some intricacies in there. It was fun to observe the crowd kind of like come down and then they'd bring him back up and kind of back down. And definitely with Anish had, uh, you know, with whatever Peter was dealing with, Trevor really stepped up. Um, and I think, I think everything ever since uh, Jeff got that sample pad with whatever that. Oh, wait, with the bomb thing, yeah, insane. But I think that was <laughs> on Trevor's shoulder to remind everybody who's really holding down the low end. I thought right. Trevor absolutely tore it up last night. Yeah, like he yeah. was shaking the walls. You're big T. Yeah. Yeah, he, Trevor was getting after it. Um, there was just a sick breakdown in the middle of that jam too. That that one really went some places. So that was, uh, yeah, improv wise, that that stole the show last night. Mm-hmm. D, what about you on the on the Rosewood? It's it's in your name. I know. I was very happy. 
I, um, yep. I think like a good rosewood. I like a good rosewood. I, I thought, yeah, from the composed part, Rick, once again, like Rick highlighting, um, just extremely confident showing off throughout some of the, the sort of little peaks, um, that they, that they build in the composed section first jam. And then, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it had a, had a, good sort of solo and then they broke it down kind of very interesting in an interesting way in the back end i wish wish kind of had had been able to explore it even a little like three or four more minutes maybe i felt like it sort of was on the precipice of literally diving in even further but Mm -hmm. i can never be mad at a well-executed rose it was one of the better ones i've seen in a while um, yes i'm always looking for it so now, Neil, does this stack up to the hosewood? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I will say this. There, there are versions of rosewood where Rick's phrasing can be really, really cool, where it's almost like he doesn't finish a phrase ever. He is just continuing to play notes, and there's no, like, full stop, start on the one, full stop, start on the one. It's mm-hmm. just threaded together, kind of like, you know, like how Jerry used to play yeah. in, like, specific jams. And, like, there is, like, a huge flavor of that in this one and i i have to wonder if that is like some kind of weird influence of playing with phil and friends and then kind of carries over into this because mm. there has to be some of that that bleeds into your mind yeah if you sit down and play like 200 dead songs which yeah. i don't know what the exact number is but it's like an obnoxiously large number it's like 130 or something like that um it will show up in your music and when i was listening last night i heard that in this rosewood I was like, man, like he definitely was thinking about Jerry. And it still sounds like Rick. It doesn't sound like Jerry necessarily, but phrasing wise, I was picking up on that. And he does do that sometimes in Rosewood. So even before we get to this amazing ending section, there's like lots of really nice, you know, in the lane, typical Rosewood jamming in this one. And I dig that, man. It's Rosewood's killer, you know, it's in my Twitter mm-hmm. handle. Uh, um, <laughs> but then there's the thing that comes on the tail end of this, which is just outrageous. Uh, and yeah. interesting to hear that that see this happens all the time with goose like rick pops a string and then all of a sudden something beautiful blooms out of that like mm-hmm. peter kicks out a cable and then has to fix it then all of a sudden you get something like this which like i mean they were like stopping on a dime together they were so yeah. perfectly in sync it was so mm-hmm. tight and for that to be at that point in a jam so late to be so synced up just awesome. I mean, yeah, this band's incredible. They're they're really good at what they do. Yeah, they are. That's why we're here yeah. right now to talk about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was That's yeah right. great way to great way to close the second set. And then you know, Empress, uh, quick turnaround on that song again. You know, just quick played turnaround. two shows ago yeah. uh, in Athens. So, um, but I mean, it's a great song. Uh, great pick for the encore. Um, I think definitely better choice than uh, a tumble uh, for the encore, which was mm-hmm. what was on the written set list. Um, I, I will take a tumble in at like, that's like a, a great show opener for me. Yeah. Um, I would love to see them do again, like what they did in New Orleans in the fall, which is tumble and then like gradually transition into regular tumble and regular mm-hmm. tumble jam, yeah. um, which would be sweet, but you know, Empress, well, you know, how, how'd that do for the encore? Dude, I'm after last night, I'm officially batting 500 on Empress been to 16 shows. I got Empress at eight of them. <laughs> and you'd think like it would get old, but you just can't no. not yeah. absolutely boogie during that song. You can't not have a huge smile on your face at some point. So 
that's just that was definitely the exclamation point on the night. Um, you know, Trevor always gets a little more time to shine in that song. Uh, so it was a good one, man. I got no complaints. That's a hell of a way to end the show. Love it. Yeah, I think you know my favorite part of the song is before they even start playing and they're just building the tension. Everyone's hands are up mm-hmm. in the air before the clapping starts, and everyone—it's <laughs> kind of like you're just waiting for the green light. You're just like you wanted to come, you wanted to come, and then they just put hold it off a little longer, and then they go in. And the energy, I was looking around, looking, you can look at the top of the entire auditorium and everyone just has like a huge smile on their face. Everyone's dancing around, like everyone's giving each other hugs. Like it's like, you feel a good song tonight and definitely, you know, teed up perfectly. Now going into night three, everyone's coming off of night two being like, all right, yeah, let's get going. So they really got that pause before they drop back into it. And the building was going nuts. Um, So that was, that was definitely cool. Georgia theater. We were, I was at that show too. And, that was a shorter pause, right? They didn't draw that one quite out as long, mm-hmm. um, but it was it was electric in there when they be- went back in to close it. Definite divided sky pause tease last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, this was great. That's that's the show. You guys got anything else to say, Neil D? Uh, one show gap on that Empress. One show. I think gap. Wild. technically I it's, it's it's a two show gap because you'd be like, okay, they played it on Tuesday, and then. Thursday, Friday. So it's it. That's a two show gap, but that's a one for me. Too, I, I don't. So. I, that's that's. There's all, no such thing as a zero show gap because there is a show. So if they play it two consecutive shows, it's a one show gap. We're gonna have to standardize we'll this. It's been one show since the last Empress. So and they're the, playing the, it so again. This is a. We'll, we'll talk about this more offline. But there, there's yes, yeah. <laughs> there's like. There's what another there's about, another um, argument splitting hairs to be had about this. Uh, um, they we played it the show. Ryan. How about uh, this? <laughs> they played it the show before last. There we go. That there, works. Yeah, two yeah, shows ago, would you agree. say? Was how about it two this? shows uh, ago, Let's Neil? just say, uh, incredibly short gap. <laughs> and that's weird. Um, yes. And yeah, no, I was surprised to hear it so soon. Yeah. yeah. But I guess you're right in the end. Like, Tim Blade would have been cool because I've been wanting to hear that slow tumble. Yeah, I, I love that song. A big mm-hmm. chase. Huge chase for me. Um, and instead, we get Empress, which we've heard a lot of. Apparently, you can see it 50% of your ghost shows if you go to the right ones. Right. Well, so, we have, sorry, a, guys. We have a, uh, a very official opinion here. Uh, June Atkin disagrees with me uh, on the that's show gap. Right. Uh, uh, oh, mathematics, sir. Okay. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> website says it's a two show gap so we'll take that uh before we wrap up uh, i'd like to shout out a friend of the pod haps uh who got his first gold i believe it was his first golden goose win last night um he matches at, junior yes he's now tied with haps junior uh for the number of golden goose wins um so you know we're proud of you haps uh you know, he, he doesn't, for, for anyone who doesn't know, he doesn't usually uh, beat his son in fantasy. But third night at the Ryman tonight, lot still on the table. Will we get the Modavon or will it not get played again? Uh, we'll see. Will they do something for April Fools, um, which I keep forgetting is today? We'll see. Um, you know, only time will tell. But uh, Anish and Chase, you guys are both back there tonight, I assume, given the fact yep. that you're in Nashville right now. Awesome. Well, have a blast at the show uh thank you both very much for coming on today it has been an absolute pleasure uh talking to you thank about you. your yeah, show experience. of course thank you for coming uh, we'll guys. be back appreciate it. we'll be thanks, back guys. tomorrow uh we'll be back tomorrow at 3 30 p.m eastern with special guests noah ray and Bree morgenthaler which we're very excited to have them on 
um, talk about tonight. Um, and then, you know, only only two more shows until the end of this, you know, first leg of spring tour. So kind of flown by. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they pull out tonight. So thank you, everybody, for watching this episode of Day After Show. Have a fantastic day. See you next time. Doodle. Hey, music fans. We wanted to let you know about Music on the Mountain, a show that will feature Anders Osborne, Dogs in a Pile, and Saints and Liars. This show will be directly after the Divided Sky Foundation's fun run at 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 18th at the base of Akimo Mountain in Ludlow, Vermont. The show is presented by The Phoenix, a national nonprofit organization offering support to those in recovery and anyone impacted by substance use to celebrate recovery. If you're running in the Divided Sky Foundation's fund run, you'll be automatically registered for the show. It's a family-friendly event, and all proceeds from ticket sales and other donations benefit the Divided Sky Foundation. Visit Music on the Mountain, that's musiconthemtn.com, for more info and to get tickets. That's musiconthemtn.com. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.